The Money Show. Other people's money. Tonight, the turn of Temba Gordy. You'll know him best, I think, as the former chairperson of Scopa, where he certainly had a very big impact. He did begin his working career post his studies as a teacher, but then got into politics. Let's catch up with Temba Gordy this evening. Where do we find you tonight, Temba Gordy? Are you home? Are you out on the campaign trail? I know that you've put candidates, APC candidates, into the mix for local government elections. Are you, um, are you beating a path to people's door at the moment? No, indeed. Uh, <clears throat> at this hour, there is no, I suppose, leader who is um, luxuring it at home. I have been away from home for the past two or so weeks and will only be home on Friday. Uh, I'm out there campaigning and uh, so far so good. You've been, I think, a a very political person from at least the age of 13. I mean, I think that's the sort of formal political awakening inside you. You you were reading voraciously and you came across various books and things which ignited this, this, this passion for politics inside you from what I've read. Yeah, very true. Uh, I think uh, one thing I was very fortunate with, you know, growing up in the rural areas where <clears throat> the likelihood to encounter books was less likely than going out there as a head boy, hunting, fighting. Uh, I liked reading from a very uh, early age. Um, I might have slowed down a bit with age, but I used to read very ferociously. Um, And yeah, and that's where I used to pick up tidbits here and there. Uh, Even though I was doing maths physics at high school, but I used to read my elder sister's history books, which helped to open my my sense about the past and things around me. I mean, you, you became such a big fan of history. You actually did a post-grad degree in history after years of teaching. I think you were you taught for something like 11 years and then went and did your, your honours in history. <laughs> yeah, that <clears throat> that's... Uh, uh, I don't want to say the irony of it all because... You know, right up to when I wrote my last paper uh, in matric, or what is grade 12 now, I never imagined I would uh, become a teacher. But, uh, you know, um, without proper guidance, I went to Teflop. I was surrounded by people I didn't know, and there was this great fear around sciences uh, that I would just be wasting my parents' money and... And so convenience became the root. Everybody around me was doing teaching. And what would I do? I then said, well, let me rather do history. And here I am. I did my honors in in history. But when I went home to be a teacher, I found myself uh, teaching the two subjects that were supposed to be mutually exclusive. I was teaching history. Uh, grade 12 and physical science grade 12 (laughs) and English grade 12 and then mathematics in the lower classes. But I mean, when you say you you went to university and you didn't want to waste your parents' money or you were advised not to waste your parents' money on the sciences, it's because you were growing up in an era where there was no chance that you would ever become a scientist. Uh, The apartheid state would never have allowed you in that stage um, to, to follow that as a career choice. Was that the reasoning behind that waste of money comment? 
Look, um, my uh, my cousin was doing medicine at uh, at Medunsa. He's now a senior uh, doctor at the provincial hospital in Nelspruit in in Pumalang, and uh, it had inspired me from a young age, while still lower and primary, that I would follow in his footsteps. But well. It, it, it was not to be. <clears throat> Remember, my father was a, was a messenger working at the Santan uh, testing station. So for him to put together some money to send me to the university, um, it, it, was, it was something that uh, you wouldn't want to take risks on, seeing that I didn't even have a bursary at that time. Um, and there were also some personal, uh, you know, motivations. I mean, the family circumstance, uh, my parents had separated and my mother was um, struggling working in the farms and that really broke my heart. So I was always telling myself, you know what, study, study, pass, get the job and then relieve her. So convenience for taking the lesser troublesome option had some personal or family considerations as well beyond and beside the fact that uh, <clears throat> when you get people who have been there two three years and they tell you look boy if you're going to take this route we can assure you you're not going to make it and you are all by yourself you you kind of rely on them uh, you know you know village life these guys mm -hmm. came from Pushback Ridge, so they were like the bigger brothers. They were like the guys who were guiding you. They were like the guys who were giving you accommodation. So you had no one to, to tend to but to them, and you believe, well, they have your best interest. I mean, how much do you regret not following that scientific route now in retrospect? I mean, had circumstances been different? Had, you know, mom and dad, you know, uh, had different economic circumstances and you didn't have that sort of hanging over you? Um, do you think you would have preferred a scientific route to what's tr transpired from teaching to history to, to politics? Well, I don't, look, um, I'm the kind of person who, once I've made a decision, I close that door. You know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how it would have turned out. You know, when I couldn't do medicine, my second choice was to be a lawyer. I wanted to do law, but, uh, you know, without information, I thought being a lawyer, I will be forced to defend criminals against my will. And then I said, nah, I'm not going to do this because I don't think I want to, I want to do that. And I only, at least that part I regretted uh, later mm -hmm. to say, ah, you know, if only I had known, I could have done but, law. But you, fulf you fulfilled a very similar role though, in Parliament as head of SCOPA. As chairperson <laughs> of SCOPA, you were, you know, fighting against incredible odds at the time, of course, but trying to dismantle yeah. the criminality in politics. <laughs> well, at least I was not representing them. <laughs> I was on the other side. Yeah. And indeed, there were a couple of times people have really asked me during that era whether I did law or whether I measured in financials. And I said, no, it is just who I am. It is just how I am. Um, but, you know, I enjoyed my teaching job so much, so much that 
in the two schools where I taught, I was actually respected and feared by the students in equal measure than the principals. I was just an ordinary teacher. I never got into any promotional post. Simply because <clears throat> students knew when it was time for work, I was really, you know, old, old school, very strict, mm. very firm, and I did my work. But after school, I was their comrade. You know, they could come to me for this, they could come to me for that. I would sit with them and chat. But when it's school time, I didn't know them. So I actually enjoyed, <clears throat> I enjoyed my work. But once again, it had to be interrupted when I, out of my own volition, resigned to take up a full-time position in the, the Pan-Africanist Congress, much against the will of the senior leadership. But I had this drive that, you know what, I want to do this. I want to prove a point. And that's how I parted with teaching. And um, yeah, that's how, that's how my career as a teacher ended. What was the point you wanted to prove in politics? <clears throat> well, you know, um, I joined the PAC in January 1984 a month before I went to Tiflop. And um, throughout the years, I had worked and was not keen on holding a position of leadership. But there came a time when I got so frustrated with the, the performance uh, of some of those I regarded as leaders, especially in the organizing department, which was also the political uh, education desk. And so... I wanted to prove the point that it can be done because, like I say, whenever I do anything, what you saw in Scopa, it's what you would have seen when I was a teacher. It was mm. the same I did with the piece. I give it my all. So I didn't care about what the future held. Another time we knew the piece didn't have money. But I just said, look, as long as you can give me my teacher's salary, which was about 6,000 rand at that time, uh, I'll be fine. And I knew it was for three years, after which I was I was like, I don't know. Another time, um, who was this kind of asmal, was uh, retrenching, what they called right-sizing or downsizing of teachers. So my departure was a welcome relief for the department. And it was clear there was no going back. So I, I'm, I'm, I always have this thing that if I have to do something, I have to do it to the best of my ability. Were you a good president of the reggae music cultural group at Tuflop? <laughs> Somebody tells me this on social media this evening that you were the president of the reggae music cultural group. Yeah, um, the best I, 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 I wouldn't know. But uh, yes, I, I like reggae. I still like reggae. It's the only music I play in my car whenever I decide to hear some noise. Uh, and yes, there was this cultural body, you know, that would have the uh, ballroom dancing group, you know, this and that. And so you had the Reggae and Afro Sounds Appreciation Society to which I, you know, jumped into the moment I got to the varsity. So was my presence felt that uh, for two years I was elected as the chairperson of uh, of that body. Every weekend we had uh, reggae sessions uh, on the square at Teflop, if you have an idea of how that campus is. 
And um, yeah, it was quite uh, an enjoyable time for me. Um, there were all sorts of different people who introduced me to different artists and to different genres of reggae, like dub, like DJ style, like Lovers Rock, you know, with Gregory Isaacs, and your normal Piratosh, Bob Mali, uh, Delinga, and, you know, the rest of them. So, yeah, it was quite, uh, it was quite an interesting uh, time for me because reggae was part of the politicking for me, not so mm. much about rhythm than rhythm, yes, and lyrics as well. But it's, I mean, again, I mean, you, you are a, a, I think you're, you're still the socialist. I mean, it, 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 reggae feeds into that sort of sense of equality and sharing and yeah. the hum- sure. humanity's equality. Um, you know, sure. you know, if you strip everybody naked, everyone looks the same, and it's, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's the sense of uh, fairness, perhaps, that comes from, from from reggae, also, or the lack of fairness that that perhaps is what, what inspired you. When it comes to money, because I don't, you you don't appear to have chased money anywhere. Um, you know, MPs have been paid well, and that's fine uh, relative to most people in society, but you, but you've not fallen prey to that desire for wealth. I don't think. Have you? Yeah, yeah, no, very true. I think if there's one thing I thank God for beside my life, uh, is the fact that um, I have no desire for uh, for money, for wealth. Um, I, I like money like everybody to the extent that it enables me to do a, a number of things. But uh, money is not a preoccupation. And I'll tell you, the 13 and a half years I was there as the chairperson of Scopa, uh, <laughs> there have been a few people who have said, but you have used that position to raise money for your party. You know, could have gotten that money, will deal with whatever else come, but at least the money will be there. And I was like, no, that's not for me. Uh, and I think that's what saved me. I mean, look at some of my colleagues who are now in court who used being in those positions uh, to make deals for themselves that turn out to have been not so kosher. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, growing up in the rural areas where your encounter with money is very less, so it either uh, sets you up to look at money in a very reasonable way, or it it bends your thirst for money because you know there is money, you see it there, but it's not in your hands and you wish you had it to have all sorts of goodies, but you don't. So fortunately for me, um, no, I, I'm okay with what I have, uh, with what I... That's why even after I left parliament, not so much because I had amassed a lot of money. Uh, the only money I have is from the pension that yeah. was set up. Otherwise, for me, I had no investment that I had made. And I have not looked for a job. I have not gone around looking for a job. Where there were some people who were whispering, no, we could look for you to save in some board, you know, to get some bags. Uh, I said, no, somebody tried to 
play around with my sense by saying, well, no, maybe we could look for an ambassadorial post for you. And I'm like, nah, not interested. I'm what, 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 but what, I mean, is it, is it just that fear of being drawn into a system that you've railed against so strongly at Scopa, where you've seen the real gory filth of some people in politics? Mm. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say fear necessarily than that maybe it is, it is my, my makeup. And I think it has been reinforced by the kind of political views that I have. Uh, because, you know, theory and practice, there are people who say this. Uh, I mean, if you take your uncle, Gwede Mantash, he's a communist, but we know he's amassing wealth left, right, and center all around. Uh, and many others. Uh, luckily for me, I, I, um, I think that my theory and my practice are um, uh, are at, at, at an equilibrium. I, I don't, <clears throat> I don't wish for wealth. I'm fine as I am, and I think greed can never be satisfied, no matter. How much? I'm sure you have seen how there are business people all over the world who, during this COVID-19 period where people are dying, economies are suffering, they have really made billions of US dollars out of it. And <clears throat> the Elon Musks and others can compete about who will reach outer space before the other. But, but, the, when, but there's some, some people that will just never have enough. Um, and, and that in itself is, is its own tragedy because they're so busy playing the game of being the biggest and the best um, at making it um, that they, I think, they do lose perspective. And, I mean, we've seen quite a lot of criticism of that, that race to, to, to take space tourists up to space in the midst of a pandemic in the same way as I am very pleased that the blue train is up and running again. It's a good tourist attraction and that, you know, people will travel. But a corporate client of, of, of Transnets, you know, um, hired the whole train and people drank champagne and smoked cigars between Joburg and Durban. And I'm just wondering who in this environment thought that that was a good, a good way to spend money, you know? <laughs> No, 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 no. Look, I'm not saying that uh, people should not earn money if they've worked for it. I'm just saying that when greed becomes an end yeah. in itself, the pursuit for money becomes an end in itself, at some point, uh, in one way or the other, there are people that you need to put down for you to be able to, to achieve that. Uh, and I, I'm saying it is a kind of system that I detest, and it's a kind of system that... Uh, I would not identify with, and I am now satisfied that there is no chance for me to change. Uh, at least, okay. there's no there's no chance for you to change. But I mean, are you? Do you feel like you're still making a, a, a contribution to fulfilling your wish for the world to be a better place, or you know, are you on the sidelines of of, of policy and debate and discussion completely now? Well, look. Uh, not at all. I can tell you that in the two years that uh, I've been home, I've been able to focus on uh, building the APC because remember when I was at Scopa, I gave my all to that committee, to the neglect of the organization. And um, I think it will surprise a few people when the uh, elections results come in terms of the the 
the, the geographic spread of our footprints and the extent okay. to which would would have made progress. Um, and <clears throat> I think for me, the first thing has been build an organizational vehicle because it is through that that you're able to have impact rather than to speak like a political analyst. People can listen to you and so what. So I think um, I'm doing first things first. Uh, and okay. I do believe that uh, we will be able to play a much bigger role in future than, than in the past. We'll know in the next 10 days or so, Tim Gorty. Thank you very much indeed. Former chairperson at SCOPA, uh, founder and leader of the APC. Thank you very much for joining us this evening on Other People's Money.